Welcome to another exciting episode of the Bud Rebel Show, a show like no other. It's the podcast of the future. Not only do we talk about unique ideas that you'll never see anywhere else, we also have sample facts, facts that are just a little bit out there. We have ways that you can make money in these times. We also leave you with a heartwarming message and always a little bit of a surprise here and there. Plus, of course, a wonderful special guest that we always have. And today, it's going to be a fighting one. His name is John Tabanyag. Tabanyag. Okay, so I hope you don't get mad at me. I'm just going to get John from now on. John, I have to ask you. That last name, where are you originally from, if you don't mind asking? Uh, so my uh, my family is from the Philippines. Okay. Um, although I do find that the vast majority of last names from the Philippines are sound very uh, like his, Hispanic. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Cruises, Santos. But um, my last name, I, I don't really, to be honest, I don't know why it seems so different. Because every other Tabanyag I've ever met you has so been related to me. <laughs> I guess I, I gotta say it's like five times fast before I get it. But I'm gonna call you John. I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> John T. In, I went, to, John Cath- T, I like I went to Catholic school. They will always be like John T. And that worked out because there was always like five other Johns. So John, you're doing a lot of actors, but you're, you're a different realm. You're like teaching people to get some little anger out of them. Combat. Uh, fighting, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I train stage combat, um, and. Uh, right now, I, I train with uh, NYCSS uh, down in down in the city, um, and I, I've had I've had before I was acting. I've had a a long history of, of training in martial arts, karate, Muay Thai. Um, most recently, and most uh, like uh, lengthwise, uh, the amount of time uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, and so. When I decided to get into acting, actually re-get into acting, but we'll talk about that later. Um, when I decided to get into acting, I just said, hey, I have spent 15 plus years training in these uh, certain skills. And I think it would just be natural if I found a way to translate them or take roles um, that would utilize those skills. And of course, Stage combat or fighting for screen is very different from actually fighting. So, mm. yes. you know, so I, I immediately started to look into where I could get some training. And, you know, one of the first places I found was uh, New York combat for stage and screen. Oh, wow. So how about the Israeli martial arts? You know, do you do that also? So I have heard of Krav Maga. <laughs> and to me, it seems extremely effective i have never formally trained in it um and the vast majority of the martial arts i've ever perform uh trained in have been for sports so uh muay thai brazilian jiu-jitsu these would work if we got into an altercation on the street but you know krav maga to me is a very self-defense sort of thing like i'm not really sure how you would have a sport where you could stab people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I would say that if, if I wanted to learn Krav Maga, it would, I would have a very specific intention. And of course, if Krav Maga would be, you know, you would need that for screen because the character you're playing happens to 
No Krav Maga then? Yeah. Like, I would... So, the difference between the different martial arts in a, in a nutshell, from karate to judo, jiu-jitsu, I guess, how, what's the difference? In, in just, and I know there's so many different forms, yeah. but what's the difference between the basic forms um, of that? So, there's sport martial art, uh, but even sport martial arts, a lot of them have their origins in combat training that was developed for military or for uh, just like self-defense um and i would say that the big difference in some of the martial arts the ones that you can tell immediately are there's a group of them that are grappling or close quarters and then there's a group of them that involve hitting punching kicking striking elbows so for example a, a martial art like uh taekwondo is very involved with your legs. So you need a lot of leg dexterity, you need a lot of agility, uh, you need good footwork because a lot of it is kicking, 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 uh, different spin kicks and stuff like that, uh, different um, kicks to different parts of the body. Whereas ju judo, right, which was uh, originated from Japan, um, judo, a lot of it is grappling and in sport judo anyway, the, the main point uh, of it is to be able to throw your opponent so that they land on their their back fully um, in which case if you were in a match you you know win but obviously if you, somebody's wearing a jacket and they start an altercation with you and you chuck them and they fall on concrete that's yeah that's a win of another kind <laughs> you know what I mean yeah so so judo is more of a flipping type of thing I did judo oh and there I, you go yeah, yeah I did judo was cool judo is cool because it's like you could flip someone like 300 pounds Yep. It's all about balance. I thought I think a lot of it about the fighting, art of fighting, is you watch like a guy like Mike Tyson in the mm -hmm. old day. Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson was power. Mm -hmm. And then you watch a guy like Ali. Mm -hmm. And Ali was like art. Yeah. Finesse. And, yeah, and it's skill. a lot about basically balance and keeping your opponent off balance. It's almost like knowing when they throw something, how to where they're gonna throw it and how to defend yourself from it. Yeah. And using their weight against them. Is that is that all? Martial arts are more just one type of martial arts as a whole. I would say that most martial arts involve that sort of utilizing, you know, skill sets, utilizing basic physics, um, utilizing uh, leverage, all those, e even throwing a punch, you know, if you're throwing a punch, you're, you're using mechanics, not just in your arm, but all the way from your, from the ground, and that energy traveling all the way through to your to your leg, to your hips, and then to your arm. So, um, when you mentioned Tyson, right? Mm -hmm. it, also, in martial arts like being an effective fighter is utilizing the body you've been given, you know, to its full, you know, to its full potential. So Mike Tyson was short, stocky. He was very thick. He was very wide. But a lot of if you watch him. He wouldn't stay outside because he knew a lot of people had longer reach than him. He would, he, he kind of ducks and weaves inward, right? And then he'd close the distance. And from there, when you're trying to punch somebody and he's like here, 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 and then he just pops up and hits you with that uppercut or, you know, something that'll put you on the floor. Like he, he's a different kind of fighter than somebody who, uh, I don't know, who's very tall in boxing. 
But you know what I mean. Like, no, I know that. Like Tyson Fury right now. The, the, the best fight I ever saw was Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson. This is old days. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. history. And this guy was like a nobody. He's going to be in Japan. It was a nothing fight. And he knocked Tyson out. And I, I think he won the match, if I remember correctly. It was the biggest upset, I think, in boxing history. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the whole philosophy of anything. It's like you just underestimate your opponent, I think. And you just assume you can you can eat a little few more pounds, you whatever, and and of course Buster Douglas didn't last that long after that. But it was just like it was such a great upset that mm-hmm. it was like amazing. But I think that happens in all in fighting itself too. You, uh, run, yeah. you can't. It's hard to get, keep yourself all revved up, and so you have to be like all set to like physically, mentally, mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. be into mm-hmm. that. You know. Yeah. I and mean, it's interesting too because you're so much stage fighting. Mm-hmm. How close do you get to really hit somebody? If I go like. They go that close to it, like right to you. How close does it get? I saw, I'm sorry, I saw a movie with, and you're going to know the name better than me, the, all the big names, and this was a Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. It had all the, all the names, all the action people together in one movie. The Expendables? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a silly movie, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But, but they had a guy that's a very famous, um, and you probably know the name better than me, who was an incredibly karate, a guy that was incredible. And I just wonder how close do they go to hit each other? You're watching it. It looks like they're hitting each other. So, so for stage combat, right? Um, there are times where you would hit hit somebody. Um, if you've been training a long time, you can control people. Uh, you can control how you know hard. how hard, and and then you can do it with the speed. A, a lot of what sells hits in stage combat is the reaction of the person getting hit. Mm. So for, for NYCSS, we, have, we like to call it the bubble. So basically it's a force field or an area, I would say eight to 12 inches, you know, in front of your opponent or in, in front of the person you're hitting. And realistically, that's where you should be aiming. Um, so if you ended your fist here, that would be fine because if the camera was behind you, you're, it's going to register, right? Especially if I react like mm-hmm. properly. Um, if you're in a theater, you know, you would have to change the angle of your punch. But, you know, especially to the face, we're not, we're not really making contact a lot. There are ways uh, to do that, to make contact. Most commonly, if you're going to make contact with somebody... Like, because you just have to, the camera angle is, you know, the camera angle is like, uh, at, at, in such a way where you just can't hide the fact that there's, you know, no air. You, you can, usually we hit each other in the stomach, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's a, again, there's like, and I'll show you later, but there's definitely like ways. <laughs> no, 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 don't, don't worry. Um, I'm going to have this defense drink. Just to be in between to make sure I'm in shape for this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, one of the main one of the main things that you take stage combat for is to learn how to work safely. Thank you very much. Yeah. To to work safely. Right. Uh, you know, because a lot of these takes are gonna be. I don't know how many times you're gonna do it, but have you're. You see, have, but, you, have you seen anybody really get they done overdone and someone got hurt? I mean. I personally have never seen it, but for example, if we're introducing weapons, over the summer I was taking a, a stage combat intensive, and the founder of my school he was relaying a story to us 
where somebody accidentally got run through with a sword. Yeah, but we know about we know about Bruce Lee's son. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He died well, in that was with the gun, and he, we also know about what happened at the other at the other film set. Um, the one, what was the name of the film set where the gentleman got sh- the woman got shot? The director. Yeah, yeah, with um, gosh, Alec Baldwin was yes, there. That's yeah, that's right. That's right. Remember that too. And that was weird because it's like you assume they checked the gun very carefully, yeah. and I don't even what happened, how that happened. Yeah, and I would think that. If you're testing the gun, then you would just test shoot it at the air, not just like play with it like that before, make sure once. But that's weird, that whole thing happening. But it seems like that one, both of them were guns. That one yeah, 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 those are both. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually shaky on the details of the, uh, the thing with Alec Baldwin. Um, it seems like that may have been some sort of like negligence. Again, like I'm not sure with, about the details. You're not going to testify for him, I guess. <laughs> no. But but the thing with um, with Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee, uh, on the set of The Crow, that seemed like a completely freak accident. What happens is, what happened with that situation is, the they fired a real bullet, the bullet got lodged in the barrel of the gun, and then when they loaded it with blanks, they didn't know that the the little metal piece that fires from the bullet, right? That, that actually goes into you was in the barrel. So they put a blank, they like loaded the gun with blanks. Blanks basically don't have, right. it's just, it's just a powder. Yeah. Right. So what happened there is it's like they had the bullet in the barrel and, and the, the powder in the, in where they loaded it and nobody knew. Yeah. So that might be negligence, but that really does seem like a, just a complete freak accident. Well, that's that's some that's some curse against the Bruce Lee family. I think something else happened. There's a whole curse about that whole experience they had. Yeah, yeah, I I know I know that they I so being a big fan of of Bruce Lee, I actually just visited his uh, grave for the first time in uh, wow. When was that? June in Seattle. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what was that like? It's Bruce and Brandon Lee. Um, wow. For me, it was uh, so. I think I started doing martial arts when I was eight. Wow. Um, so f- for me, that was really uh, I know, spiritual. Mm. I, is the word? Yeah. Um, well, because it's really impactful. So let me get back your background a little bit, where you all started. How this whole thing, this whole martial arts, all this stuff started from. You said sort of eight. What was it like you grew up? Your family did this, or you just loved it, or what happened? Um, no, I, I I'm pretty sure I'm the only. <laughs> person who is uh, really that into it in my, my family. Um, so I started with Shotokan Karate. Um, what's called again? Shotokan. Okay, well what's the difference between that and regular karate? Um, there are, it, it's basically like the origin of, of where, like karate, uh, if I can, you know, remember correctly, uh, traditional karate was started in Okinawa. And um, over time, and this happens with many, many martial arts, over time, um, different teachers, different uh, people, just they just teach it a different way. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that's really the main difference is that um, it's almost like regional dialects. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, so I started Shotokan Karate at uh, Miyazaki's uh, Shotokan Karate in Astoria, New York. Um, and eight years old. 
I believe I was eight. Yeah. Your mom and mom, you just wanted to do. You, did you want to do it? Or your mom said, "Let's oh, do it." Oh, I, I definitely asked for it because I was like, "Hey, I want to be a Ninja Turtle." I don't know. That, oh. <laughs> that's that's really what it was. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and we had to move, and I really wanted to do any other martial art. Uh, so I think I was doing that for for two years, and then we moved, and I was doing Taekwondo. Um, uh, I was doing Taekwondo at at, at another. Part of and Taekwondo, the difference between that and regular karate, what's the difference? So Taekwondo is a main, uh, Korean martial art. Um, so martial arts basically come from Japan and Korea. Now they come from other places. No one in England, England doesn't have their own karate. Um, have Europe have their own. They, they wouldn't call it karate, but, but there are there's there's uh, sword fighting. <laughs> yeah, that 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 yeah. is actually a martial art. Uh, I would say wrestling. You know, wrestling in right in a uh, did that in high in, school. Oh, there you go. So, do you want to hear a quick story about my friend? Yeah, please, please, please. I, I actually wish. So I, that... went to, I went to wrestling when I was doing wrestling. Yeah. And everybody like really went to the, like lower their weight class, and I was like stupid. They're like wearing plastic bags, taking diet medicine, doing all this stuff. And I kept this. They're cutting weight. weight. Yeah, trying to do a cut weight. Yeah. yeah. We we we, we uh, wrestled this team like called Roosevelt, which is like th- like they were like killers, you know, mm-hmm. and we're like nothing, and like I didn't do anything, and every I was a that team that we played. I was the last one that got pinned. I lasted the longest time without getting pinned. That's awesome. <laughs> that was my claim to fame. A, a moral victory. Moral victory. Because you know what? They lose weight mm-hmm. and the week. It made no sense to me why you're losing weight. But it was really weird if people did that. With, with, uh, that's why I did that part. I did, I did martial arts as well. But I mean, my kids did Tiger Shulman. Now, Tiger Shulman's like a company type thing. Is that What do they practice? Do you know what Tiger Shulman does? Are you familiar with that group? Is that right? So, Tiger Shulman... Um, started out as karate, um, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure now it's, it's pretty well known that it's a franchise. Right. Um, so I don't know how that affects the quality of their teaching, but I'm, but I'm very sure that, uh, now they focus a lot, uh, in mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Right. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. So, so actually one of the reasons that I came to appreciate Bruce Lee a lot more, uh, later in my life is because... One of the things that he introduced was the concept of just take all the stuff that works and don't, you don't have to, you don't necessarily have to do all the fancy stuff. There was a lot of, there was a lot of people upset that they introduced martial arts to the United States, right? There was a whole big thing about so, that. So he, there were people who were upset with him because of that, because, because, he, um, in a way he was saying that there's some parts of, let's say Kung Fu that are not, not effective and we, we, you don't necessarily need those and there's other uh so he he also used to train grappling and and all this stuff so and then there was some people that were upset with him because he was willing to teach um non-chinese people Mm. um yeah so you know wow that's interesting he had to deal with that yes and that that was a whole big thing about what he did opening up the world to this this wonderful yeah. Art form, you might say, in many ways that people, because it's also it's not only so good. This is good to be able to defend yourself, but it's also a great outlet mentally. Yeah, has it helped you deal with any situations? Were you ever like bullied in school, and you would just do a little karate move, and everyone runs away? <laughs> no, no. Um, so when I was younger, I I mostly did it because because uh, I wanted because I liked it because I saw it on. TV Power Power Rangers. I don't know if you remember Power mm-hmm. Rangers. Or sure. Uh, there you go. Or like uh, great stories. John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, 
when I was older, there was a point in my life where I was much heavier and I had uh, back pain and I would wake up and like my ankles would hurt. Like I could barely, there was a lot of things I could barely do. And um, at that point I had basically not been doing any sort of martial arts. And the thing with me is I, it's hard for me to just go into a gym and run on a treadmill. I don't find that to be interesting. Hmm. So this was probably in 2000, 2007, I'll say, I got back into martial arts. And so I joined a Muay Thai school because at that time I was also watching uh, like UFC heavily and other organizations with, with mixed martial arts. But UFC is obviously the most prominent one in the United States. So I think I was really into it. Um, and from there, I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo. And I think when I joined, I think I, when I joined that school, which, uh, which was a five points Academy, uh, down in, down in Manhattan, I joined that school at around 260 pounds. I had, I, I'm telling you, I had, I had like hips, my hips hurt all the time. Um, I think like my cardio was really bad, although I never had measured it because again, I was, I just was in a lot of pain. And I was a little, uh, I had almost no confidence, like, uh, in terms of my, like, ability to physically do things. I'm just curious, how did you get there? Because you're such, you look, you learned karate as a kid. Where did it, like, did something like depression, something happen that made you get, you know, all this thing, like, fall apart? What do you think happened? So, when, we had to move again uh, from, from that school. And it, it just didn't register to me. Um, I had other forms of physical activity. Uh, it just didn't register to me that that made that huge of an impact in my life that, that doing martial arts did. Um, and so, you know, I honestly, like, I just kind of let it fall by the wayside. And, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, in college, uh, especially in college, I, I was a, a little bit on my own. Like my mom, my mom, my mom took care of me and all that stuff. She she helped me out like as a parent would. But again, like I'm not gonna say, hey, can I have two hundred dollars for karate lessons or or you know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu lessons? Um, and I'm in a part time job because I'm also in school, so I'm not gonna take that much from what I'm using to pay my rent. Anyway. Uh, so, so when I started that school, it was, I was 260 about, and then I don't exactly remember how many years later, but I was competing in jiu Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournaments and I was weighing 176. Wow. Yeah. And ankle pain, back pain, hip pain, all gone. If, uh, so what was the, what was the final motivation that got you go back to that, 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 that place? What was it? I was, I was trying to lift weights. It was boring. And I remember I went with my, uh, I remember I went with my, my wife, um, then she was my girlfriend, but I went with her on vacation. Uh, we took a little weekend trip to Pennsylvania and one of my family members had snapped a photo of me. And when I saw myself, I was like, it might be a time to make a change because I don't like the way I feel. 
and I didn't really like the way I looked, even though, you know, nobody really commented on it or anything. Like nobody bullied me for, for my weight or anything. But yeah, I was just like, I need to do something. And the thing I'm doing now, which was just trying to go lift weights and do things I'm not really interested in, wasn't working. You know, it's interesting because there's a whole big quote movement against quote fat shaming or whatever. And a lot of people get sick from gaining weight and they're not told and that unless they quote get that picture taken of them they're suffering in that thing and and sometimes you need that quote picture you have to look in that mirror and see what's going on yeah and it's hard to look at it but it's, you know that can change your life and i guess from that moment on did you change your career to finally what were you doing before type of work were you doing um so in terms of the the fat shaming thing i think the most important part is that you yourself have to be the one who wants to make a change. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is useful to, I guess, fat shame people or to be mean to people. Um, and if there are any medical issues, then that should be between a person and their doctor or something. Um, but there are a lot of people. So I'm not saying I'm not saying no one should be mean to anybody, really, in general. That's true. That's true. But, that's true. but, I, but <laughs> the idea is that people have to sometimes aren't aware, and sometimes you don't look in your mirror, and you could say, you know. I love you when you're my friend. I just worried about you because, you know, this could be a hard condition. Yeah. And maybe there's a way to say it. I'm not saying, you know, I mean, you were, you were, had the ability to see that. Mm -hmm. I just know so many people mm -hmm. don't have the ability to see it or just don't, you know, have an, I don't have that outlet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes there's, a, there's maybe, it's, maybe there's, it's not black or white. There's a middle point of how to talk I, to people about yeah, it. Yeah, there is. And, and every, every person is different. So even just, like I said, like for me, it was a combination of I didn't like the way I looked, but it was mostly because I would wake up and feel like I was in pain. And they may have been from uh, that I attributed to to like my physical health um, at the time. It could have been other things, but it's for me, it just so happens that when I started working out like uh, and doing martial arts, uh, which was a thing that made me interested. It all like most of that stuff went away. And this went into this one. Now you went into like the film industry, which is how to move to the film industry. So um, beforehand, I was working um, as a surveyor, as a building surveyor. So I would go from building surveyor to movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I would go measure things and draw them, like do AutoCAD. I don't know, because uh, I went to school for architecture, mm -hmm. and um, that also had. Um, an impact on on my like physical health too because I was like it's really hard to just walk around all day um, you know uh, carrying equipment and all that stuff so that was also one of the things that I felt like I should try and become a little bit healthier mm -hmm. now <clears throat> when I was younger I also wanted to be an actor uh, for whatever I, I told my mom like hey I want to try this and for whatever reason, after I had tried it for a bit, um, I, one reason or another, I didn't feel like I was going to be good at it. Fast forward many years later, um, during that time, I had used other things to get the performing bug out of me, right? So uh, a lot, long time, it was music. I used to play and sing in a, well, I'll say the word sing loosely because we were like kind of heavy. Um, but, uh, like I used to play and sing in a band, um, and that was fine for a while, but in the back of my mind, I always still wanted to act. 
So uh, after during the pandemic, some people I know who were very important to me, very close to me. Uh, well, I'm just gonna say it, it was my mom. She spent a lot of time of her life, the vast majority of her life, um, never really pursuing things that made her happy because she had so many people to take care to take sure. care of. Sure. Uh, so uh, there was me, my younger brother. He he uh, he was ten years younger than me. He 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 passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and well, actually, martial arts helped me deal with that as well. Well, what did you if you're asking what that? What happened to your younger brother? Uh, so my younger brother had uh, an opiate problem. So um, we tried. We you know you you always got to try to help people that you love, but. You know, some sometimes things don't work out or I mean, I, you know, when that happened, I had a lot of questions. Uh, is there something I could have done? Something I could have said, uh, you know, um, so it's an illness and yeah. And, and it's an illness. And the, the bad thing about it is that people, evil people are making money in the death of people. And that's that's the saddest part about it, that they would sell something that. It kills people. Um, yeah, and, and they know. This, they did, know too. But, did, it, did it start with an injury that he had that he gave him some medicine and stuff, or did it did it just happen because he was depression? Well, honestly, I don't know what made him. I know that he had. So my family, um, they lived in Fishkill. Um, I know that from a young age, my my brother did things that, which I considered to be relatively harmless. Like you know, he he you know he smoked or whatever. I don't honestly know where the what the impetus was for him to start using heroin. Mm. However, I do know when it started. Um, he at some point came down to the city to live there because he was going to film school, and he had um, started to hang out with some friends uh, that he had known from uh, junior high, and. He told me that one of those times is when he started, and then from there it just was a spiral. He stop. He couldn't stop. Yeah, there there were like years. That there was like I would I don't say years. I would say there were months where he was like not getting into that, uh, but then at some point you know something would happen. Yeah, I lost I lost a, a beloved worker from using drugs, and that it was laced. With fentanyl. Yep. And that's, and that's, it's just barbaric. I just don't see, you know, I'm a business, I hate to say this, I'm a business, I sell products, you know, mm-hmm. and I would never think I'm going to sell a product that's going to hurt in any way, God, well, my work, my customers. I mean, I don't understand where that comes from when someone wants to sell a product that wants to hurt people like that. And that's why those people that sell those fentanyl and, and those drugs, I think it should really receive the death penalty. They're just killing people and maybe I, I'll stop it. I'm, I'm deathly scared of it um, because you, you know because my brother had that issue they, he had a lot of friends who had that issue and these are people I knew who were who were friends with my brother when he was young so I've known these people since they were little kids mm-hmm. and a lot of them also had passed away because of that mm. and I, I see what it does to not only obviously to them because they're not around but I see what it does to the people around them who survived. I saw, yeah, I saw what it did to, to my mom who had to take care of him. Um, I saw what it did to, 
you know, my friends, uh, his friends' parents who I, who have known me since I was like young, you know, it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's hard. And I'm, I would say that, that you're talking about, no, no, I'm sorry. You're talking about the martial arts and how that's actually helped you to, I guess, outlets to get rid of that pain and anger and, and frustration, I guess, all through dealing with it in a constructive way. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's a great outlet for a lot of people, especially now there's so much anger, so much people, so much pain going on that maybe we as a nation should get more into things like that as ways to deal with issues. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually think, um, I actually think that, that, physical things going to the gym um we're we in general we live a very sedentary lifestyle because a lot of what we do involves technology um you know not all of us are going to be construction workers or whatever you know um and i i do feel like um just at some point we stopped playing uh you know as kids and i i feel like we should not do that um we should be pretty in touch with with uh with the things that our body can do, you know, because physically we're, we're all capable of, of, of a lot of, uh, wonderful things. And when you sit on the screen all the time, but, and, and you kind of like lose that thirst to like run and jump and play. I, I think, I think that stuff is very beneficial. Uh, you know, definitely. Yeah. We're going to talk to John, how he got into the film business after this commercial break. John, tell me how you got into this, how you got into from, from doing this regular job to all of a sudden you're doing this work with films in terms of combat and stuff like that. Where did that come from? How'd that <laughs> so, break them? so after, after the pandemic, I literally just said, you know what, you can, things can change. Your life can change literally overnight. And I, I don't, I don't want to have I don't want to get into that and basically have never tried the thing that I really wanted to try. So, um, as I said earlier, I wanted to be an actor when I was younger for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't pursue it hard, but after the pandemic, um, I just said, Hey, you know what? There's like resources out there. Um, I'm in charge of my own finances now. So if I wanted to take acting classes, or stage combat classes, I can do that because you know. Was you married at this point? I, I am married. I do not have children. So, oh, you married and you told your wife, "I'm going to do this," and how she was supportive of this move. Would so like I, I didn't tell my my wife immediately like, "Hey, babe, we have nothing in the bank account right now, and I'm going to quit my job and you know go <laughs> go you know um, become an actor." You know, uh, at 38, mm. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, I am lucky that she's very stable job. She works for the city. I am also very lucky that before I did this, I had, uh, I had a very, uh, good job in, and that I was actually pretty, I will say, uh, disciplined with my, uh, finances. So I had money saved up. Um, and I told her, Hey, you know, um, I want to try this. It can be on the side for now. Um, and then we'll see how it goes. And then, you know, it, when it, did you get your first gig or the first paid gig on this work after how long did it take to break in? So that's the thing. Like, um, I, I don't consider myself broken in, you know what I mean? Um, 
my first gig, my first paying gig was a background gig. Um, and you, you can argue whether that's acting or not. I, I will say that like, I consider it acting only because I am not really a post-apocalyptic survivor in a wasteland. I am acting as one. So, you know, that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. It, it, it is acting. Yeah. It is acting because, you know, and anything that people don't realize that anything can throw you off from the story. You know, it's like you, you watch a story and it's about the prehistoric time and there's a plane throwing, plane throwing the clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or mean, a Starbucks cup. They left exactly, a Starbucks exactly, cup exactly. in the corner. So, yeah, and if somebody's like giggling when it's a serious scene, you just, it, and someone can't take that out, you just, you, it is it is really important. You may not get the role, may not get the lines, but it's, it is very important. By the way, he was in Undead, by the way, which is going to be in Washington State, released very soon. And then, who knows where we go. But, so that was your first, and then after that, did you, then how did you get into combat? How did that come about? So I, I was, I was, so was, I was just like looking for gigs on my own and, you know, I, I, I don't have representation right now. Um, so I was just looking for gigs on my own and then I was at, I was training at the gym and then it, it literally just happened. I'm like, I was, I've been doing martial arts for a long time and there's probably people that need to be punched or to punch me. <laughs> so let me see if there's something like stage, like a fight school training. So I like looked in it and, um, yeah, so I found New York combat for stage and screen NYCSS and I went and tried it. It was awesome. So I stuck with it. Um, and I'm still there, uh, now, although I am about to expand because I would like to put a little bit of a focus on Eastern style weapon work. So I would say katanas or uh, eskrima, uh, which is like uh, Filipino stick fighting. Um, so yeah, so so I'm, I'm and then I'm actually also starting uh, uh, tricking training. Do you know what tricking is? No, no. what's trick training? So, so tricking is, I don't know if you ever see people, uh, it looks like parkour, but instead of like running up walls and whatnot, they're just like, you know, on like a, a gym type surface and they're like doing spins and aerials and flips and stuff. So like uh, I have started that very recently um, because I, from my previous, from judo and all that stuff, like I am pretty good at falling mm. <laughs> or like getting punched and then like rolling well, and I mean, all that stuff. I don't know if you've looked into it, but how about like stuntman work? Yeah. So stuntman, stunt work is different. Uh you know to fall. That's yeah. Cool. So so stunt work is a, a, a different set of training from, I would say, like fight training. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it, it overlaps a lot. Right. Okay. So if I'm going to make a movie and I need to, I just call you up and I'd say, hey, John, can you help me with this this fight scene? I want to make it look really good. Yeah. You'd be able to come out and either be the person to be hit or the person that you can train the actors so they can be know how to look, how it's supposed to look and stuff like that. So... Uh, I, I could do that. Um, I would also be able to, in terms of, um, in terms of um, uh, getting somebody to, to court and all that stuff, I could do that or I could assist somebody that has uh, uh, a lot more experience than me in terms of being a fight director. Um, but yeah, like if you said, hey, we want to shoot a, a scene where I punch you and then you fall on that and we don't have a pad, I could do that. I can oh. do that. I can, I can do that. I, I can definitely do that. Right. If you, if okay. you want so me to roll backwards or you want to throw me off 
the thing, like, yeah, like I could do that. If you want someone, then if you out there, want someone to be like beat up, this is the man. There you go. Yeah, I've, Listen. I've, I've been told I'm a good uh, crash test dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I have some business ideas for you. Maybe Johnny can work with them before. I know that as a fighter, as a person that knows about it, aggression, one of the most annoying things that you have is to deal with on hold. When you're stuck on hold, on hold, waiting and waiting. And I just don't know why it can't be the three-letter word, F-U-N, not the other word. Fun. And I don't know why they can't put like historical facts in it, trivia, and maybe even someone just talking to you while you're waiting. And just saying, hey, John, how you doing? What's going on? And have a conversation with you as a service. You know, you pay as a business to have this on hold fun button. What do you think about that? That sounds, that sounds like a great idea. I just don't, I, I think it's something that needs to happen. So everyone likes my idea, so I'm just going to make a lot of money out there. The next, one I, the next one I want to talk about, and again, this is um, maybe a little bit of the Japanese uh, martial arts. I mean, I remember the old Godzilla movies. Yeah. So I thought one of the things about, you can have, when you're getting up in the morning and you're tired, you get the caffeine, the cough, but how about a bar that's spicy and caffeine? So you're at the edge of the spice, and the edge of the caffeine, you're really ready to go. So I called Spice Godzilla. What do you think of that bar? That sounds awesome, actually. I would eat a box of that. Are you into spicy food? I am. Really? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we gotta, I got somebody. One day, I'm gonna, we're going to have a spice contest. I'm going to introduce you to one of the kings of the spice contest that no one can beat. Oh, boy. All right. Nobody in this world can beat him. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Okay. So also, what we do on the show is we do... Money tips. After this moment, we will tell you some money tips. Okay, so in these days when things are really, really not great, there are two, I'm going to give you two today because I feel bad with the way the economy is going. One is gold. Best in gold. Gold is a commodity that when there's bad times, it goes up. And right now, I don't know at this time when this, this podcast is going on, it is going up. So gold is what I would definitely recommend as a, as a way to deal with what's going on. The second also is to invest in companies that have products that everybody's going to get even when the economy's bad. And so that one, for that one, is called Campbell Soup. Again, I invested in it. And I told people before about puts and calls. You know about puts and calls? I don't I'm going to tell the way it is. Again, you guys got to know about it. So you don't buy a stock. You buy a put to the stock, which means that the stock Campbell's, it's, let's say, I don't know, $20 a share. You say to your broker that I'm going to buy the stock at $20 a share in March. If the stock goes above $20, you don't have to buy the stock, but you get to keep the money. If the stock goes below $20, you have to buy the stock. But in both cases, you keep the money. Now, you like the stock, so you're fine. Mm -hmm. So that's a way to buy a company without having to feel like you're putting the money up front initially. And you can do that three months out, six months. The longer you put the period out, the more money you can get on type of things. Wow, that sounds interesting. Yes, it's a very nice thing to do in the world. I wanted to talk about the next thing we always talk about in the show. <laughs> As a filmmaker, I made a film that was very inexpensive, but not like the underground comedy movie. It cost $170,000 and it grossed $856 million. What? Yeah, and that makes me want to make another movie. <laughs> I don't know if they kept all that money. Now, also, as you know, Israel's going through really tough times. But some interesting news, something 
that you would never know. I'm going to ask you this question, John. Are you ready? Go ahead. What do you think the Israeli people eat more than any other place in the world per capita? I, I got no one's going to get this. Anybody call us in? Um, I don't know. Wheat? Take a guess. Just any guess. Hummus. This, never, this, Hummus. This, would, this, would, this would never come to me in a million years. All right, go ahead. I, just, I, I could guess all the time. I'm dying. Go ahead. Let me know. Turkey. Turkey. Per capita, Israel consumes more turkey than any place in the entire world. What? Yeah. Now, I, the, is that strange? It is. I didn't even know there were turkeys in <laughs> Israel. I just, I know, maybe import the turkeys. Oh. We'll go, we usually talk about also trending stories. But from last episode, or maybe two episodes, I'll know before, there was a song I couldn't remember. And. It deals a little bit about, and I hate to bring this up, but, you know, but it's important with your brother. I don't know if it was a sudden thing that happened or it was time that, that you knew. But it's a song by Blink-182 called One More Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about being able to say to your loved ones that I loved you and didn't even say goodbye. And a lot of times it just happens. Yeah. And you don't have that chance. Yeah. I was blessed in the sense that my parents passed. I got to tell but a lot of times you don't. And that song is important that we do take the time. Maybe I'll do that for my last note, but you do take the time to make sure you say it to people that you do because you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's also what's going on in the war, world. You know, people, what happened with Israel, they're just doing their business. Probably they're going out, going grocery shop. Maybe they had a fight with their, their loved one and their thing and they hung up the phone. And the next thing they know, there's nobody there because yeah. out of the blue. Or the baby. Everyone, everyone just thinks things are going to keep on going. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden it just stops. And, um, yeah, just got to take the time. I usually do this a lot. So just got to take the time every once in a while to say that. I love you and appreciate you. And just tell people that because just, just you never know. And that song is really reminiscing about, you know, things like 9-11 and stuff. But it's something that I think we all should keep into mind, you know, as we go through life. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Um, I'm gonna listen to that. On the <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah, it, it really is powerful. They had a YouTube video that's very popular now about building a fort, and I wonder if it has anything to do with what's going on in the world right now. People want to just build a fort and just go away somewhere, you know? I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know <laughs> one of the people in Blink One Eighty Two loves the uh, aliens. Or oh yeah, that, I heard about that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so he's, yeah. he's really big into aliens. I, I didn't know any of them wanted to build bunkers. No, this hey. is no, this is another video on YouTube. It was about building a fort. About, oh, it's really pop. Not that. This oh, okay, this is a separate thing. Separate, <laughs> yeah. Totally separate. Yeah. All right. I just thought it was funny that that's really popular now. Building a fort. The video on YouTube that's like popular, and I feel like it's subliminally that like, people feel like, how can I protect? people and then what can you do like, even though it's like a joke video but maybe like we all feel like you know the walls are like close and stuff like that i wonder if that has anything to do with that stuff you know maybe uh, yeah i mean pe- people were uh, doing i guess prepper they're like preppers preppers uh people have been doing that for years even you know before the most current two wars uh that I are th- yeah i know that's true and mm-hmm. what happens is we get too comfortable and we get like we like you know, maybe we get to put the alarm on or don't lock the door or we just like, you know, whatever. And we just get so comfortable because things are okay. Yeah, yeah. Until something bad happens. And yeah. then we go all over, then we go overboard the opposite way, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, 
you know, when I looked at what happened in Israel, it was like amazing that this could happen. They had this freaking huge war, you think, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden what happens, all of a sudden that uh, they break in the wall because they use these, they had a whole system. They were like set up and it was, and they purposely were quiet. They, well, they were planning, I'm, this for I'm pretty sure they time. were planning it for like two years. Yeah, and yeah. they would take, they would take, the UN would send them these things to get water, the tunnels to get, the tunnels, the pipes to get water. Mm -hmm. And they used those pipes to do missiles to Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't care all about that people. They would use like all these items to hurt people. And it's like, you know, that's, that's where the, that group is such, so evil. Oh, something that's very interesting. I just wanted to bring this up. It's unrelated to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. I learned in my uh, Torah lesson, the word Hamas is in the, is in the Bible in the story of Noah. Mm-hmm. And it's the word means, and this is like, you know, God says to me, like, it's wild stuff. It means thief or bad person. Wow. Twice. I didn't know that. I mean, and they would think maybe, because they're supposed to be a spiritual group, maybe they looked that name up before they adopted it. Maybe. <laughs> it's possible it gets completely... It thought twice about yeah. it, but it, in a sense, not only are they stealing the lives of the Israeli people, but they're stealing the lives of their own people. Yeah. They're using their, their mosques, they're using the hospitals, they're using the things, they're hiding behind their people to kill people. And they're like, they're, they're thieves of their own people. Right. Destroying the, the opportunity that they had to live in peace. Yeah. And they did that. And it's just despicable. It, honestly, it's so sad. It's a sad thing. All right, John. So let's say I want to hire you in my next film or I want to know what you do. How can we find out more about your works? Um, so uh, I'm on... I'm on Backstage, I'm on Actors Access, I'm on Casting Networks, but also my main, um, my main social media platf uh, platform of choice is Instagram. So I'm on John underscore Tabanyag. Um, Can you spell that in case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's John, J-O-H-N, and then my last name is T-A-B-A-N-I-A-G. And a uh, quick story about that, I, I actually... <clears throat> I actually had a funny Instagram name before before that, but um, it, when you become an actor, it, it becomes important to own your identity on these platforms. Uh, so the guy who founded my stage combat school, his name is Jared Kirby. And unfortunately, when he started, there was already another Jared Kirby. So he always has to do Jared Kirby fights at Gmail or whatever. <laughs> so it, 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 uh, he was basically telling us like one day, like, this is a lesson that I learned, and you should learn it too. So I immediately went home and changed my my <laughs> Instagram to uh, John Tabanyak. <laughs> and if they want to see, do you have anything on YouTube also? Do you have any works on there? Um, a lot of what I've done, it unfortunately, is not out yet. Um, and you know, I've done some, uh, I've done some, you know, film like student films and stuff like that. But in terms of uh, in terms of like fighting, I have I have clips here and there on my Instagram. So yeah. And you can see his first works, The Undead, which is coming to a theater near you, or at least in Washington State. I want to leave on a happy note, though. <laughs> and I, I, and it's, it's partially, it's really about John, in a sense. You know, in a sense, we all try to, like, make sure we make enough money, have enough life, so forth like that. But it's important to find your group. And what I mean is that John found his, his group of being actors in, in music, music, whatever, in this life. And you have to find your group, the group that supports you as an individual, that you like to do, that's in your heart and soul. So God willing, yes, you got to make your living, you got to do what it is, but you find your group and, and have fun and enjoy times with them as well. Thank you so much for joining us and may God bless you all.